0: Good afternoon, everyone. Hope everything is well here at the Bismol facility, as always, and greetings, and welcome to our new, I would say the 45th, yes, 45 is the number of the weeks that we've done this Tech Tuesday. So thank you so much for joining me today. Hello for those of you on YouTube as well. I'm here on Instagram Live, answering questions and interacting with all of you from all around the globe. And later on, you can see this on Instagram Live for the next 24 hours, and then also hear it on iTunes, Anchor Radio, and radio public, which is pretty nice. So, hello everyone. Greetings Gareth from the UK. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And speaking of the UK, I really want to use this opportunity to thank someone who is very kind. Hello Marcel, good seeing you as well. And that person is Eden Good who's here as well from the UK. And speaking of the wagon, sir, this I've never had before. This is a Honda detachable face that Eden Good was kind enough to donate to the BC Motor Wagon Project. That'll be part of our build. So it just came in from the UK. It's really cool to have a face-off, detachable face that is Honda-based and something that is very OEM. So I really appreciate that. You know, hello, Is. Good seeing you. Ismail, good to see you. Uh, What turbo do we use on a 2014 Fit? Is what Matty Fit GK5 is asking. It was a TurboNetics, a TurboNetics turbo. And if my memory serves me correctly, I believe it was like a 52 millimeter billet. If my memory serves me correctly, you know. J30 wagon building, sir, that would be really cool. Hello, Black, thank you so much for joining us. Greetings, AJ Thompson. Thank you so much, and welcome, welcome once again to the Beast Motor Tech Tuesday. And guys, here's a question that I get a lot, above and beyond adding good, send that great radio stereo to us. People really ask me what really contributes very nicely to the reliability of a setup, and especially with engines. And my good friend and I were talking about yesterday about high compression turbo and how great it could be. And there are some things that you can really do to ensure the reliability of your engine. Hello Torque from New York City, greetings from Ontario, California, thank you for joining us. Um, Fox Design, yes, people have asked about the status of the wagon. And um, I'll get to that in a moment after I talk about reliability. So as you think about the vehicle that you build, your project car, it's akin to a body. So, You put in good nutrients in it, you put in good fuel, you build the engine properly, so you're lifting weights and the engine is built properly. The brain is the ECU, which is very great. Hello, heavy foot. Um, The one thing that's interesting is the blood. So blood is what carries all the nutrients, oxygen, takes away carbon dioxide in the body. It's the same thing with oil in the engine. And that allows you to not only help keep the engine very nice and, and lubricated and safe, it also does a great job in removing contaminants, keeping a suspension so it doesn't do damage on the engine, you know? Um, AJ is asking doesn't high compression mean more danger for knock uh, what it does it actually narrows the tuning window So it gives it the more of a challenge or chance to get more knock But it doesn't necessarily mean knock. you have to get to that point where you can pre-ignite based upon compression So if the compression is high enough You can ignite the fuel before you want to and you want to do it obviously via the spark plug itself But if the pressure is too high or the temperature is too high and self ignites that can be quite damaging to many components, the piston, the rods, the bearings, it could actually s- splay the bearings out further, create a metal-to-metal contact on the crankshaft and cause a spun bearing. But if designed properly, especially with camshafts in mind that can reduce the dynamic compression, you can have a very nice throttle-responsive engine with turbocharging and it'll make it more efficient with high compression, especially if you're direct injected, which is pretty nice, you know? Do I use a standard braking procedure for new engines? It depends on your definition of standard, Arnie. So what I do use is Pirol. Um As you see right behind me is the hat I have on here, and right behind me is the little logo there, very good guys from aerospace, and they have a breaking oil that's very good for new engines. It allows for very nice interaction between their piston rings and also the cylinder walls. It protects the bearings upon initial startup, which is very critical as well, and has a high amount of zinc that does not disassociate very nicely or easily from the base oil compound, so you don't have to worry about um, you know, damaging a calic converter after a good... I'm out know, of driving. So what I typically do is this when breaking, I'll get back to which is a good segue into reliability. I first start the engine, let it warm up to operating temperature. Make sure I don't have any leaks or anything of that nature. Get it operating temperature, shut it down, let it cool down. Check around the car for leaks again. It cools down to close to room temperature. I start it up again, let it warm up to operating temperature, and then let it cool down again. And do it for the third time. And after that, if it is a car that's a race car or one that doesn't have the ability to be street fairing, I put on a dyno. And then when I put on a dyno, I do a full tune. My tuning style is where I spend a good 45 minutes to an hour doing partial throttle tuning. And with that, yeah, this engine braking, I'm talking about JDM. And with that, what I typically do is I tip in at 2,000 RPM from about you know 2% throttle all the way to about 80% throttle. And I do that and tune accordingly for air fuel ratio and ignition. And I can see on my dyno pack real time what the power is doing. And I pay attention to knock, of course. Um, yes, welcome slow pose. Good seeing you. Hello, i-hooks. Um, yes, J.D.M. I'm talking about engine break in. Greetings from Tennessee as well, Zebere, D- Zebere. Z- 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 uh-huh. Then I go to 2,500. Do the same thing. 3,000. Do the same thing. So what I'm doing is I'm not constantly keeping a certain RPM. I'm varying RPMs as I'm tuning it. After I'm done with the partial throttle and getting that ideal with air-fuel ratios and ignition timing, I then do my sweeps. And then after that, I drain all the oil out, and then put in my oil of choice, and it's broken in. And not all breaking oils are allowed to do that, but the Pirell formulation allows me to do that. If it's a street-firm vehicle and I don't have access to a dyno, what I would do is anywhere from two to three thousand miles, just driving normally. I don't keep a constant speed on the freeway. I ride the throttle as much as I can, get into vacuum, pull it out, get into vacuum, pull it out which is very nice, and that allows for a nice break-in. And when you're done, after that 2,000, 3,000 miles with a Purell breaking oil, you drain it. It is nasty. It has all that lint and rubbish and contaminants that are left over. And now you can put in your Oil Choice, which, of course, this is my Oil of Choice Purell, which is both E85 and methanol compatible. It's very tough for oils to be compatible with exotic fuels like methanol. And when we do a lot of racing, oh, Diego says hi. Hello, Diego. Um, so, Oh no, so CJ's saying that he's heard that are you supposed to let it sit at a certain RPM to let the ring sit, no. That is not correct. If you leave at a certain RPM and the heat stays constant, you run the chance of glazing the cylinder. It is very important that you vary the RPM to get different heat gradients throughout the cylinders. Do not leave it at a set RPM, please do not. And I'm talking from experience, it's just not hearsay. So I hope that uh, is a good answer for you guys. And like I said, this is my oil of choice to put in. 020 for a lot of the newer engines. I have a hybrid here, and the SI, which is pretty nice. And this is very nice, about 1,700 parts per million of zinc. So it protects very well your valve train, which is very nice, you know? How much horsepower have I seen on a dyno from oil change? On this, it depends on the engine. So what I need to do, I probably need to do one of my training sessions that I put together for some of my enthusiasts that hang around here and want to learn about the oil. I'll probably put one of those sessions up so you guys can see. But on a bone stock like a Hyundai Genesis that makes not Genesis a Hyundai Elantra, which made like 120 horsepower, with this again about five wheel, which is nice. So that's even better than some exhaust systems or intakes. On my drag car, which you can see right there peeking out, you can see that drag car, the little blue right behind the door. I gained 12 wheels switching over to this, which is amazing. This is compared to another oil that starts with T that was really not as slippery as this, which is nice. You know. So um, yeah, same here, Turbo Pineapple. Good seeing you in Vegas. I should, you know what, um, send me a text of your address and I'll send you some to test out. It's really good. It's really good stuff. I love these guys, you know. Hello, Fernando. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Fernando, I'm used to um, seeing you almost every week, so I hope everything is well and that you're enjoying your lunch out there in Gornigo. And for those of you who don't know, Fernando's a very talented individual who works at Gornigo. Great guy. I love him very much, you know. Um, Check out, uh, he uses ceramic nanotechnology. That is, you know, as a chemical engineer, I'm very leery on that because I do understand the the differences between that technology, but thank you very much for sharing, nonetheless. What oil do I use for heavyweight oils, like X50 or 60 oil? So I typically do not use any 060 weights. I've used 2050. Hello, Sam, good seeing you, you know. Um, Yes, so back there is the, I don't know if you can see a black vehicle right there. That is a drag car, a Civic Si, has very loose uh, clearances on the bearings with aluminum rods. I use 20W50 on that, which is pretty nice. Um, you want to see the Porsche Ismail? There are quite a few. There's a Cayman here. There's a, nine, um, a 935 right there. There's an old-school um, 1968, 911 there. There's a 914 here. There's a pink SC here. There are quite a few. So let me know what you'd like to do. Where could you find Purell? They have it on their own website, which is uh, PurellUSA.com. They have it on Amazon, but I'll give you a hint. I have it on sale on my BCMoto site. So if you're going to BCMoto.com under store, you see a very nice sale that I have going on to help all of you, which is nice didn't Good, you missed it. I just talked about you when I first signed on about 12 minutes ago. Thank you so much, didn't Good. For those of you who don't know, he's the one who sent me this wonderful detachable face Honda OEM based radio for the WIGO van. So I'm gonna be bumping in the Weigel van, going fast and hearing some nice tunes with something that's very OEM and very unique. I've never ever had a detachable face one, which is so cool. So thank you so much, didn't Good. And then I had a question earlier on, I don't recall who it was, was asking, do I see a difference in the heads using Pirol and air-cooled engines. Yes, temperatures were absolutely much lower. The, the technology is from aerospace, so this company does supply all the um, government contracts, a lot with drones, um, aerospace-based uh, vehicles, and they see a lot more heat and friction than we see in the automotive scene. And they shared with me that what's really interesting is that it's really scary because the technology that's in the automotive scene for quite a while is old technology. But they, being in aerospace, have to stay up to date on what's new and what's exciting. So, that being said, guess what? They have a great opportunity to be able to provide that opportunity, that, uh, that oil that gives a lot better uh, friction reduction, much slipperier, higher resilience to heat, and chemical resilience as well. And for air-cooled engines, I've seen a 15 to 20 degrees temperature drop, you know? Drag S2K, significantly. I've had the opportunity not only to see um, higher shear sure stability, and the fact that they're able to have this E85 and methanol compatibility. I didn't see great compatibility with methanol with that particular oil, and I've worked with them for many years. This is just a superior compound, based upon what I've seen, you know? So that being said, no, I do not. I do not do that deep and deep at all. Uh, my pleasure, i did good. You're so kind, I appreciate it as well. So, on air-cooled engines, I do tend to see much lower air temps, I mean, uh, oil temps on that as well, and more power, better lubricity, which is pretty nice. Yes, I am, dark white. That's exactly what I'm talking about, you know? Um, Does a secondary O2 on 98 specific affect fuel trims? No, it does not. The primary one does. The secondary is more of a, how should I say, a differential to make sure a catalyst is working the way it should, which is pretty nice, okay? Um, So um, I hear what you're saying, JDM, but my experience has been different as a chemical engineer. So um, I've tested quite a few items versus this, and by far, Pureol is the best compound I've seen to date. And it's, it's no weird technology that's hearsay, she said. It's not some... Weird Hocus Pocus is really rooted in very good technology and they have a contract with the U.S. government, which is pretty interesting, you know? Um, oh, you have a high, vo- then you should probably change it, EJ. That being said, because if you have a vit- high voltage code, it's possible you have a break in the system, so that'd be great, you know? Um, Ricard, very good question. Yes, I've tested against that, and I saw higher um, uh, temperatures with that particular audio mentioned, much lower temps with Purell, and more power with Purell. So, like I said, I feel the need to really pull up my data and what I learned on this, and this is when I was extremely skeptical. And I did a lot of my technology research myself, here in my facility, with everything from modified to stock cars, and I was sold, because I had the budget to test everything that I can get my hands on, including the excess that you just mentioned, which is really nice. I did good, wagon builds, yes, let's talk about that. So, singular for now, I have two wagons here, but I cannot touch the second one. So, for the very first one, um, I did something very interesting. The Entire turbo system was just changed this weekend. So Marvin came by. We had a good time. And just because of an engineering challenge that I'll get into very soon, as soon as I can talk about it, because my guys from Zuber Street really want to have first dibs, as soon as we had this engineering challenge, I had to do something different with the turbo itself. So we had to kind of flip it around, and it gave an opportunity for a more straightforward exhaust system, for induction that's much cleaner and also very... um, much apt to better flow, and aesthetically look absolutely pleasing. So, things are happening very, very nicely. You know, are um, planning any collaboration? With how- yes, we do. We have quite a few. We're working on something right now, and um, we did some of the technology in the background, and they're going to do some stuff with the body, which is pretty exciting. You know, um, oh wow! So, EJ six, you wouldn't have to because um, Purell is compatible with other um, mineral oils, especially the one that you mentioned as well. So you don't have to, you see some good benefits but of course the maximum benefit will happen on your second oil change when the whole system is completely devoid of your mineral oil that you have, your conventional oil. And you will love it because that oil you have is not, doesn't give you really the great protection and has less than 800 parts per million of zinc which is not good for your valve train. So we get a lot of camshafts that come in that are scarred and that comes from low zinc oils which is not good, you know. And something else that's great is extended oil changes. So with the oil that you're currently using sir. You have to change it every 3,000 miles if you want to have a decent kind of protection, which is still not ideal. But you can go to five, 6,000 miles with this Purell, which is great, you know? Um, let's see. Heavy foot. Am I finished tuning the wire S2000? Always this opportunity for improvement. So that being said, I would say no. There's more power opportunity there. And as soon as Ryan comes back, we'll get some more power, which is, which is um, very ideal, you know? Oh, that's good, EJ. 234,000 miles. That's fantastic. We have a Mercedes-Benz one of my customers, that's 220,000 miles and uses it quite as well, you know? At list if you like and you're very serious, please send us a resume to lab at bcmoto.com, which is great. Um, Gareth, only for internal combustion engines that are gasoline or um, alternative fuel driven. It doesn't have the high detergents required for diesel. So, on the flip side, if you're using diesel oil to try and get the protection, that's not the best way to go. This is much better to use for any... Um, gasoline, or alternative fuel base, which is nice, you know? How did it put out? That's something that you should really talk to them about, sir. It did extremely well, very shocking, sounds great, that car is awesome, but I have to leave it to the owners. I'm very secretive for my teams, for the people that come to me. I kind of keep the information internally unless they want to share it, so I'm not at liberty to share that information. Please forgive me, you know? Getting a mixed answer about blow off valve or no blow off valve was my opinion. Composite bodies, if you're talking about turbocharging, you do need a blow off valve. So I don't know if you mean recirculating or to atmosphere, which is a whole topic in itself, but let me know what you think. Let me know what you think uh, about blow off valve or not. If you mean, um, that being said, uh, should you put a blow off valve on a turbo setup or not? You need to, because here's what happens. You compress the entire um, system through boost. The throttle body closes, that boost has to go somewhere. It can either bend the throttle body or go back to the turbo and then in turn, bend or break the shaft, the compressor wheels. It needs to be evacuated from that system. That pressure needs to be evacuated. So a blow off valve allows that to happen by using a signal from the intake manifold. When it sees vacuum, it opens a pop-up valve or diaphragm and lets the air escape. So it really depends, you know? What place sell pure I haven't seen that around in auto parts stores. It's really more of a boutique oil, which is nice. So you see some of those boutique oils. Most parts stores carry typically conventional which makes great money for them and great volume, but it's not the best for protection, especially for us enthusiasts. And I even use it on my daily drivers as well. So I'm a huge advocate of better protecting oils that can not only have a longer um, uh, life in terms of change, but also gives me the opportunity to have better protection for my valve train. So typically you'll see it on, on Amazon. Amazon is a very popular place, but on Amazon, it's, it's a good price and on their side, as well, was a good price too, but I have it on sale for like God, it's $6 or so much co- more cost-effective per auto- per um, bottle on my site? Which is pretty nice, you know? Um, do I lose power if I change the circulating to atmosphere in the 2018 SI? So EJ-8, that's a great question. Now, here's the problem. On the 2018 SI, the induction is math based MAF. So it's mass airflow based So how it determines how to add appropriate amount of fuel to the engine is by having this device, this math sensor, hi Shell, good seeing you, I don't know if you're back in town. Um, you have this MAF sensor and air flows through it, and then by how much air goes through it, sorry, the guys are working in the back, so you hear some knocking and some sparking fabrication, so forgive me, you know. So that being said, if you have the opportunity to have air flow by this mass airflow, it converts that airflow to voltage, the ECU sees the voltage, says, ah, we have this much air coming in, I'm going to add this much fuel. Now the blow-off valve happens after the math So what happens if you send it to atmosphere and you have an opportunity where you have that cool sound, the air that's now to atmosphere is definitely what was accounted for through the math. So what you end up having is this weird short burst of a rich mixture because your injector is trying to add fuel based upon air coming in. But guess what? You're evacuating some of that air to atmosphere. So it's better to keep it recirculating. If you have an opportunity to eliminate math through a tuning software that can help you keep your power, gain more, and not have that challenge, but it's best to recirculate because of the map sensor. Now, recirculation, what it does is it blows it off and it routes it back into the intake post-map, which is nice. So it keeps all the air in the system as well, you know? Hello, DJ, good seeing you. Thank you so much, Constructive Ruckus. James, good to see you as well. So I've tested that 1040 you're speaking of, Sababa 72, and once again, Pure was superior. What I saw compared to the all you saw um, that you just mentioned is higher will to horsepower. Capability and better compatibility with not only e 85 which our gasoline in California is 10% ethanol and also methanol as well So guys hang tight for one second Um, There's some music in the background. Let me turn that down just a little bit hang on for a second Sorry about that, guys. My guys are playing music really loud back there. So I had to go and come back. So thank you so much, you know. My pleasure, ej Appreciate that, indeed. Hello, Kakili. Good seeing you. Oh, the Connosex new Reguera is so awesome. I love it. And with a free valve engine, I'm a geek. So I love that technology where you don't have to even use a throttle body. And you have an infinite amount of camshaft profiles, infinite amount of throttle body positions. And you can do wonderful things with, with traction, which is fantastic. I think it's really on the cusp of automotive technology, which is great. It's on the forefront of anything that has to do with internal combustion, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, So, you're talking about the upper cinder walls, EJ6. That's just adding an additive. You're adding an additive to a base oil which wasn't designed for the additive. So, I'm a huge advocate of using something that's primarily blend from factory to do a job properly. So, it's like saying, I'm going to a restaurant, EJ6, and I'm gonna buy food that doesn't taste good and just add a bunch of seasoning salt. What you're talking about is seasoning salt added to a bland meal. Why not just get a good tasting meal from the beginning? And this tastes good to your engine, which is really good, so that's what I would say. Brandon and I went to go tell my guys to turn the music down just a little bit. That's why I went, so I'm still here, you know? Um, so they're working on that right now, CJ. Primarily, um, what Purell does, they have engine oils, but Gearbox oils are coming. I am a Zeppelin fan, but I don't want to interrupt what we, you and I are doing here, guys, by all means, you know? Uh, free valves. Um, yes, free valves are awesome. Okay, one slow, pst, very cool name, says Do any engine management systems on the market, such as AM, have rev matching built in, which can be tuned, similar to OEM rev match systems in the 370Zs? Yes, you can, with the AM Infinity, put in a protocol in the tuning to rev match. It can be done. Especially with a drive by wire setup. Absolutely. Other engine management systems, I'm not sure, because I haven't tried them, but the AM Infinity, definitely you can. Hello, Turbo2Go, good seeing you. For a supercharged S2000, what oil do I recommend? Finore, I would recommend the Pure um, 5W30 if it's just a street fairing vehicle where you're just having a good time. But if you do tend to track the car or you're hard in the vehicle, I would upgrade to a 10W40 supercharged Pure by all means. Pure synthetic with over 1,700 parts per million zinc and it's compatible with E85 and methanol. That's what I would recommend, you know? Okay, yes, that's a lot of power, absolutely. I haven't driven one, I would love to add in, by all means, you know? Yes, yummy indeed. Composite bodies, you're so funny, I appreciate that. Okay, can you change my trans and rack and pinion in my Odyssey before SEMA? Dip and deep, no, we are slammed here. I'm so sorry. I have so many projects going on, I even have to sacrifice a couple just to be able to catch up, so I don't have the chance. After SEMA, maybe, but as we sit right now, I don't have that capability. Please, 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 please forgive me. Yes, composite bodies, we have it on the BCMO website on sale now, so if you go to bcmr.com under um, products are under the store, you'll see it there, and we can ship it out immediately, you know? Okay, fuel additives, but then that would mean getting the best gas you can run before. That is correct. Same thing, EJ6. Same thing when it comes to fuel additives as well, you know? It's better to run a proper fuel than to add other stuff, okay? Um, AM gets you torqued? I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Our 3.4 liters, uh, 5 VZs, any good foot boost? I haven't tested that engine yet. But if I develop a relationship with Toyota, I'll be more than happy to do that, and that should be a lot of fun. Hello, Kappa Timmy. Good seeing you. Good is asking, How, do I have any plans to build a Porsche with a gun works carbon body? You know, I know the guys from gun works I know the owner himself. He has another company that's very popular here in Southern California that does a lot with BMWs. And in the event that we have an opportunity to work together, I'd love to. That carbon body looks so good. They did a smashing job with that body. It looks really, really good indeed. I don't shy away from projects, especially those that are high profile and can really show our engineering prowess, which is cool. But I'm up to you again, Boston, thank you so much. What motor would I throw in a 2000 Honda Civic Coupe? So it depends on how crazy I wanna go. If I want something that's absolutely bananas, I'd do a J-series. If I want something that is very um, straightforward, it would be a K-series swap, um, primarily a K24 with a K20 head, maybe a K28 head, which is pretty nice, A2. Um, in the event that I want something that will just shock the crap out of people, I'll do an F-Series. F-Series single cam, like what I have my inside. And that will shock people. So, there are quite a few options that you can do. But I think a straightforward one would be a K-Series. That would be very nice and easy to do. It's very straightforward as well. Okay, let's see. Hello, Boston. Good seeing you as well. How's the GT Homage Mer coming along? Andrew, I haven't touched it at all. It's, I don't think you can see it from here. Yeah, it's on the other side of the blue Porsche over there. But it's my project for next year, and what I'm going to do on Instagram, I'm going to post up a kind of a survey from you guys. So I have these, you know, very, very nice guy, Basil Designs, kind of to help me with some design work, and I have these library-based uh, Mercedes-Benz 190s and a very clean one. I'm going to ask all of you what you think I should do next year, but right now I'm not touching it. That's a project for next year's SEMA, which is pretty nice, you know? Boston, that'll have to be definitely after SEMA, because right now I'm slammed, and we have some secret stuff here that no one's supposed to see yet. Except for the magazine people, because they want first dibs, which is pretty really nice, but uh, I have to respect their wishes, you know? Thank you, Ikenna Dalo, Dalo, the Thank you so much for joining us today. Things are great. I hope you're doing well as well. Thank you so much, 78 official. I really love what I do, and I love giving back, which is pretty cool. Boston, my facility is here in Ontario, California. So we are about 35 to 40 minutes east of downtown Los Angeles, which is nice. The more I'm putting in 914, I want to do kind of something different. You know, I'm tempted to work with Porsche and put a new flat-four turbocharged engine from the new Boxers and Caymans. But I also kind of want to modernize the 2.0 that's in there now. So I haven't decided yet. But whatever I do, I guarantee you it'll be fun. So EJ6 says he's been running the factory-recommended 530 for his Y8. Should you run high-viscosity? No, you should not. You should stay with the standard... 5W-30 Pure oil, by all means. That's what you should use. No need to upgrade, because you know what? When you run a thicker oil, all it does is increase pumping losses. If you don't have the need, because of increased bearing clearances, to run a higher viscosity, you shouldn't. It takes energy to pump oil through all the orifices in an engine, and that energy consumption, in your case, will translate to lower gas mileage. And that's not what you want. You want to improve gas mileage based upon the lubricity of this oil, and definitely you don't want to kill that or, neg- or make it uh, negated by putting a thicker oil. Get the best of both worlds, run the recommended viscosity, enjoy the slipperier, more protective nature, and the cooler opportunities, which is great, you know? Torque9A is asking a great question. Any tips for ITB tuning? How tricky is it, really? Torque, that we can do a full hour on that alone, and we're into the 26th minute right now, but I'm gonna give you a condensed version that is not, no, not over people's heads that everyone can pretty much understand and enjoy. So, Individual throttle bodies are great. It allows you to really optimize individual running, uh, individual runner lengths to take advantage of full, um, how should I say, inertia supercharging by really, there are different harmonic waves that exist based upon RPM and length of valve to end of throttle body, which is nice. They also look cool, sound great. There's so many advantages with going ITBs. Now, here's the thing. ITB tuning for those individuals who are not super experts with it, can be very easy if it's an engine that doesn't have a very aggressive camshaft in it. And what that does in turn is it allows you to run a, an atmosphere, like a small box or a small tube that's a, more of a pseudo atmosphere. We can put a map sensor into it and connect to each runner. And that allows you to tune it like a regular manifold setup. So it's not challenging at all. The other way, if you have very aggressive camshafts, or you want to be very clever with some tuning opportunities, you can tune what is known as alpha N. And alpha N is where you have the opportunity to tune based on throttle position alone. But you have to be very careful. The throttle position is your lifeblood with that kind of setup. So that being said, if you tune the throttle body like that, you need to do whatever you can to keep that setting as is. Don't go around moving the throttle body sensor or the throttle position sensor because it can do really strange things for you. And to me, Alpha N is not challenging at all. It just gives you a very interesting map based upon throttle position and fueling. It's actually much easier and it's not as susceptible to elevation changes. And your ignition map looks a little bit different because you're not now using vacuum. You're using throttle position. You can do a combination of two depending on your um, engine management solution. Some engine management solutions allow you to do Alpha N at idle so you can have a nice idle and don't have to worry about having something that's very lopy on big camshafts. And then merging over to map sensor where you get into 20 to 30 percent throttle or whatever you determine is ideal. So it's not tricky at all. It just takes a little bit more attention to detail when it comes to the base map and you tune it normally. You optimize ignition, you optimize fuel. If you have any cam control, you optimize it as well and that's great, you know. AJ is asking, do I still have a relationship with Ford? Yes, we do. We're just on the phone with them this morning, by all means. EJA, Texas weather gets hot. Can I run 520 on my SI instead of 020 on your, 0, or your 2018? You can, but also Puro offers a 020, and what it says in the back here is that it is recommended where a 020 or 520 is specified. So make life easier for you. Just upgrade to this and have a good old time, you know? What projects am I taking to SEMA? My, me physically taking will be a couple Porsches and the wagon van, which is nice. So I'm physically taking that. Other projects for other manufacturers, they're transporting themselves, which is pretty nice. You know? A J-Swap 1200 in your Mercedes, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of um, being able to keep marquees with the engine, but that's pretty cool. you know. Thank you so much for the kind words, composite bodies. He says that the F-Series blows his mind, does mine too, which is pretty nice. you know. If I had to drive one car for the rest of my life, what would it be? For the rest of my life. Wow, that's a good question. It probably doesn't exist. But if I had to choose from current models, oh, you're killing me here, but dare I say a Tesla Model X, because it's an SUV that's cool, it's full of technology, and it's very fast. I may have some range anxiety, but you say for the rest of my life. I just have to try and find other means of transportation when I go far <laughs> but uh, that's a very good question, uh, Ken, Ken Shell. Um, so EJ, yeah, I mentioned that to you as well. Um, you can stay with the 5W30 by all means, okay? My pleasure, Andrew. So, Adengood says, please build an F22 single cam with the same attention detail as you did my, Z6, my D6 my Z6. So, yes, you see right there, good, that blue car right where my thumb is? That is my 2006 Insight, and I promised Duran, who works with me here, that I'm going to bring her back out. And because so, a lot of people don't know how fast that car is, how it's a unibody with a stock windshield, ran 920s all motor, and it's an F22 single cam. So, I'm gonna bring it back out and try some new things I've learned recently to make it go even faster, which is pretty exciting. Thanks for the hearts, guys, you know. Manila's in the house. Hello, Randy. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate that indeed. EJ6, absolutely. 234,000 miles is compatible with it. We have customers with Mercedes Benzes, like I mentioned, that have over 220,000 miles with great success, which is nice, you know. A cure ivory on a red Porsche 944 turbo. <laughs> you give a firstborn. I can't, I'm not building 944s. I have so much on my plate. I'm so terrified. But it sounds like a smashing idea. So thank you so much, you know. Um, you want to send some more um, driving gloves? Send me an official. Go ahead. I'd love to see what you have in mind. Um, our address is on the website. Or you can DM me here on Instagram, and I'll share with your address. So I love really cool wares. Let me know. And I'll be more than happy to check it out. Okay? Thanks for the offer. You're very kind. Hello, Orhan, good seeing you, Thanks for joining us. Great idea on the P-Project, absolutely. Thank you so much, Randy. Um, So, why am I unwilling, is what DJ is asking, to tune cards with AM management systems. Sir, I am not unwilling. DJ, I tune almost everything to get my hands on. I'm not a huge advocate of some of the freeware stuff, so if you see things like Chrome, or what's the other one? Um, Mega Squirt, I don't tune those, because of some of the challenges with those software programs, or the hardware there. But I love AEM, especially the AM Infinity, because it does offer me the features of a high-end, you know, like the Motec ones, the high-end motorsports ECUs at a sportsman price. So I really like that. All the features unlocked. I don't have to pay for unlocking certain functions. It's really cool. But I tune K Tuner. We're a dealer for them. Um, I tune Hondata. We're dealers for them as well. I tune Haltech. Um, I do Emanage from time to time. Um, let's see, what's another popular? Stinger, I do that which is from um, uh, Europe, not Europe, from uh, Australia as well Um, we've had some fun with um, what's that weird one Um, uh, MBE, we've done that as well I I tune all types of engine management solutions. I just am partial to AEM because I like what it has to offer especially the Infinity, Series 2 is great too but Infinity is just, it offers me so much for the price so what's there not to love? So, AJ says, he's, he knows I'm busy for SEMA, but 10.13, open track day, bring him yeah. Tell you what, okay, here's what I commit to you. 10.13, is that the same day as Speed District? I'm not sure. But um, let me see what I can do, because I think both the cars I'm taking to SEMA are going to be in paint at that time, and if so, I should reward myself by going to track day. So, let's chat. Let's chat, AJ. You know how to reach me. Oh, thank you so much, Orhan. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for being a fan, indeed. It's very kind of you. Um, Do I do budget cars like EK9s? So I work with American Honda directly. We've done crazy stuff. So I'm taking the budget kind of car thing a little further back to the 80s. So 88 through 91, EE wagon. I'm building one right now. So that's a little more old school than EK9s. But I'm putting similar technology that can be transferred to the EKs without challenge, you know? Uh, so um, EJ6 is saying it's great because he wants to confirm those beliefs it's crazy amount of people who sees putting 2050 on higher mileage engines I do understand that you know why because they're using oils that are not as robust so not all oils are created equally it's not a commodity their base oils make a difference and the more I hear these questions from you guys the more I feel the need to put together this training session and put it up on Instagram live and put it on YouTube so you guys can see my experience and my research and what I've Determined between conventional oils, synthetics, not all synthetics are equally equal. What's a group three synthetic? What's a group four? What's a group five? What are the advantages of combining four and five? Why does synthetic make a difference? I really talk about that. So people do that to make up. Because if you, in a high mileage engine, put a conventional oil of a standard weight, it doesn't have a protection. And they try and overcome that protection by using a thicker oil, but not only does it make things more difficult for the engine, because you need energy to overcome the thicker viscosity, it's a Band-Aid, and you still have to change it often. If you really think about it, conventional oils can be more expensive than this. On my website, I have a $14.99 a quart, which you may say, oh, that's more than $8, that's more than $7, but you know what? The oil change intervals are double the amount of conventional oil, so you get better protection and longer change intervals. What's there not to like? I think it's a great thing, you know? Hello, Randy, good seeing you. SS Habba says, Shabba says, Shaba says, I should offer some classes for those who love this stuff, will get a crowd. You're so kind. Um, I think I will. But I'm not the kind to want to charge for that. I want to be able to give back and allow you guys to enjoy. And I really do this because I wish I had the opportunity when I was younger and I was getting to the scene as well. Oh, Doran's leaving. Bye, Doran. I'll, I'll call you soon. Doran's leaving and it's time for him to eat something too, you know. So thank you so much. Hello, um, AJ says hello, Ari and Hedy. Oh, AJ, Ari is now an accountant. So that's our background, so she did excuse herself from us and she's now doing accounting with the government. So we love her so much and she was with us for quite a while but she's now gone towards her major and especially since things are changing here very rapidly and I'll talk to you about that when I see you next. But she's still around, she comes in from time to time and we'll miss her, I'll definitely send greetings to her indeed, you know? Um, <laughs> Richard LBC said he's on the loo. He's on the toilet watching. Thank you so much for watching. You know, what I get a lot is that people tend to listen to my podcast on iTunes and Anchor and Radio Public on the loo, which is pretty interesting, so <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're on the toilet listening and watching this, you know? Okay, so Randy's saying, is it normal for old Porsches to run out of battery when you don't use a forte? Yeah. Older Porsches tend to have drain quite a bit, parasitic drain, so The pushes in here, from this yellow one right here to the red one right here, they're all on tenders. So whenever I park them for any given time, I put them on tenders. It's not as bad with the late model cars, but the earlier ones, definitely. I put them on tenders. I guess the guys from Battery Tender have made a lot of money from me because I buy a lot of tenders. So yes, it is normal, sir. Greetings from Lagos, Nigeria. Thank you so much, brother. I hope things day well. eh? I thank you so much for joining us, brother. hope everything is well. Tom, oh, Tom, you had a question. So Tom, I remember your question, Tom. Tom wrote in and asked, what do I do about G50 gearboxes when I do high horsepower? Now, the G50 is robust. You know the earlier 915 gearboxes? Those things break. They're almost like glass when you do anything more than 350 horsepower. And even at 350, you have to be very easy how you apply that power. So G50s, those things are robust, especially the ones in the C4s those things can handle a thousand horsepower. So, of course you can break anything if you act silly using unsprung clutches and dumping the clutch on a four puck and you can break things, but we've pushed G50s four, five, six, seven, eight hundred horsepower and it holds. So we're very lucky that GetTrak did a great job with the G50 gearboxes to handle a lot of power. I also recommend to my customers and friends and enthusiasts, if you have a 915 and want to put power to it, instead of wasting money to get custom gears, upgrade to a G50. It's awesome, it's the way to go. So I hope that answers your question, Tom, and I hope all things are well, you know? And uh, Greg says, I bought your HDB plate back in the day for H22 Swap and DC2, amazing. Thank you so much, Greg, and I'm very honored to share that we are the pioneers of the Drag Race gearbox to engine adapter plate systems. And we pioneered that with my CRX with a D, I mean, D-series gearbox and an H or um, F-series engine, and then we did it with the B-series and people knocked us off as normal in the Honda world, which is sad. But I am very honored to be able to brought that technology to the, to the masses. Also being able to bring, you know how everyone talks about Kinsler ITBs, Scott Cole, very great guy who's a Honda enthusiast at Kinsler. And I convinced our good friend, Jim Kinsler, to come to the Honda market. And now look, if you want to go fast with ITBs, you run Kinslers. And that came, once again, from our interaction here at BC Mono, which is great, you know? So Tom, I hear what you're saying, but I see the same thing. If I let my air-cooled engine sit for a while, Something with parasitic drain. Um, it, my batteries go flat after a few few days. I would say about the 14th, 15th day. So I have to keep it on a tender, and I even know that uh, some Porsche dealerships sell um, tenders that go into the cigarette lighter to help with that as well. So um, I'm sure there's something draining it, but I've seen that everything from 964s as far back as early 911s. So it's just been my experience, you know, you know. Slowpost said, you spoke last week, but specifically, which transmission would you bolt to the H22 and why? Transmission code would be helpful so I'm not too familiar with integrals and aesthetics. So it depends what you want to do. If you're road racing, drag racing, you want to go to B-Series, and anything from the LS gearbox um, to the GSR gearbox will work very well because there's more aftermarket support for those. And once again, this is if you're putting it in a swap. If you have an H22 in a prelude or an Accord, there's no proper tunnel for a shift rod. So... You may want to stay with something cable-based. Um, I would typically, because I'm crazy, go with a Quave Gearbox. <laughs> so I'm crazy, that's what I would do. So I hope that, that uh, answers your question properly. Hello, Island. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, Composite bodies. have I been to the Porsche Experience Center after 405? If so, would I recommend it? Yes and yes. So I was there with the grand opening. I've been there quite a few times. My team has been there as an invitation from Porsche to come and test new cars and go through the entire course there. Even the last time when I was traveling to New York to film for Netflix. My team, Hedy, Ari, they all went there. I had a great old time, so it's quite a bit. We've had PCA banquets there. It's a great facility, and I would definitely recommend it, by all means. It is amazing. It really immerses you in the Porsche experience, and you'll get to know why everything Porsche is so important. And the camaraderie is absolutely superb. Great staff there. And you know, there's some racers that even tune here, I know Andy Hope is a driver there and he tunes here, I tuned here quite a while with his CRX and he is a driver there, which is really great, you know? So it's a great facility, which is very nice, you know? Okay, so Booster says he's gonna drop a KO3 in his Elantra and the possibility of being the first to tuned ES. It depends on when, so let's keep in touch. Keep me abreast of your project and maybe we can make that happen, you know? Hello, Willie. My pleasure, 9A, appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much and Torque, I'll tell you something. Torque is saying thank you so much he's been following me for quite a while my content is always on point and simple to understand so as an engineer it's very easy for us to speak above everyone else it's easy to talk engineering lingo to almost sometimes purposely confuse people derive pleasure out of speaking on technological terms that most people can't comprehend but that's not my thing i want to be able to break it down for everyone to understand technology is a great thing it allows us to improve quality of life it makes things go around. Even the technology you're using now, the me is as a result of hard work and being able to embrace and push forward things that are tech-based. So that being said, why should we continue to make it unreachable, to make it confusing for people? I love to break it down and make everyone understand because it's really great. And you know what? I'll tell you something, we need more engineers. We need more people to get involved in technology. Every year in the United States, we get about 2,000 people that graduate in hardcore engineering technology as it relates to hardcore tech or even things mechanical. While in China, there are over 200,000 a year that graduate. We need to change that. We need more enthusiasts. You can be an engineer, have a great quality of life, get the girl, have a good time, get the girl, get the guy, whatever the case may be. You can be hip, dress well, have a great business. It really is very rewarding, you know? So I would encourage you guys to please, please embrace the science. It's a great field indeed, and it doesn't have to be confusing. Forgive my peers that like to make things difficult. They're on YouTube, putting formulas up and trying to confuse you guys. I'm sorry for that. It's not how I do things. When it comes to throwing down and talking technology, I can chop it up with the best of them. But when it comes to being able to get you guys to understand, that's why I'm here. I'm here to give back. I had the same opportunity with an engineer when I was much younger, and I want to be able to do the same for you. Hello, Dennis, greetings. We miss you, good seeing you, and thanks for joining us last week. Hello, stupid card. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope things are well. Odyssey for life and in good, I agree. (laughs) Hello, Packer. Thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate you joining us today. Happy Tuesday to you as well, Joe Guy. Thank you so much. Thumb up to you and waves to you, BK and DD, Dupes, uh, respectively. Uh, What about a Camry? Um, Camrys are cool. They have opportunities. I've I've had a crazy Camry come here. So I had a relationship with TRD for quite a while. When they went to NASCAR and had the opportunity to bring their own engine program in-house, their pack was tied up. Yes, they have a Pack in TRD here in Southern California, and they need access to one, so they come and rent out my dyno for a week at a time, which is great. Well, speaking of cameras, I had a crazy Camry here that you guys may have seen at SEMA and on Jay Leno's garage where the whole top comes off, and it's this crazy top fuel looking thing. It really is a V8 Toyota engine with a supercharger. Sounds awesome, sounds like an LS. And they made great power and they had a hard time tuning it in-house, had a hard time with a different tuner, brought it here. And we got it running. Before they came here, the car was shut down on the track. They'll do a burnout and shut down. When they left, and yes, it was on AEM, we had an opportunity to get it running beautifully. So it started running well and made good power, which is great, you know? Um, Holly EFI is good. It's not bad at all. I have no challenge with it. Um, I've tuned it before. The guys at Holly are great. They're also subsidiary or overseeing body with race pack. And I like them. It's a good EFI system. But I still prefer... Infinity. So thank you so much. Do I have anything for the D16Z6 left in stock? I believe I have some retainers. I think I have a set of rods. I think I have springs. And I may have a couple of camshafts left. So at the end, if there's something you need, let me know. Since you would be kind to me, I'll give you a proper discount. Okay? Um, viral, I want to shoot my Porsche so bad. Which one? I have quite a few. i would be more than happy to. Anything I can do to help, viral, just write to me, send me a DM, and let's see what we can make happen. So. Some of my Porsches are going um, up north to Monterey for um, the uh, Rensport reunion, which starts this weekend. I won't be there because I'm here um, working. But by all means, after that, better yet, after SEMA, let's get together, and I'll have even more Porsches for you to shoot then. How does that sound? You know? If I brought you a 96 Nissan Maxima with e Ultimate, would I tune it? Um, heavy foot, I, I must decline, only because I'm not a huge advocate of piggyback systems. It doesn't allow me to do the best at tuning. It doesn't allow me to put fail safes And Safety measures in place. So unfortunately, I'm not able to tune your e-manage. Please forgive me. You know Are you going to be offering tuning services for the 10th gen civics? Oh race day. I'm so sad I'm actually quite embarrassed about this because yes um, We work on American Honda. We played around pre-production with the type R 10th gen with the base civic 10th gen we had an SI here for probably and I did a Tuesday in front of it with the turbanetics We had one for almost a month and a half, almost two months here as well. We developed a cat bypass, a downpipe, um, worked with K-Tuner to develop some really cool things and test their flashing services. So yes, I do race every day, have access to tuning services um, for both Honda and K-Tuner, for the Tangent Civic and some parts as well. So forgive me for not being very clear with that. I need to do a better job of bringing that out there. If you need a downpipe, um, which doesn't throw codes. If you need a cat delete as well, for off-road use and to create a lot of power, make your car much faster. If you want a setup where you can, in the off regular mode, drive normally and with a sport mode, pick up a good like 50 horsepower and almost 84 pounds of torque, I have the solution for you, okay? Let me know, send me a DM. Hello, Dylan, hello, Dickinson. Wow, GTA. GTA says his first project car is going to be a BMW E36. Wow, that's a good choice. So my advice to you is do it right the first time. Please don't choose rubbish parts. If you're going to boost it, use a quality turbocharger and quality systems. If you're going to get exhaust them, use a quality exhaust system. If you're going to use oil, please use a proper oil, not rubbish. Use something that is ACEA certified and exceeds those requirements for European ACEA standards for JASO in Japan and API in the United States. By all means, protect your engine. Do it right the first time. Save up and get the right parts is my advice. Hello, Manu. Thank you for the kind word. Hello, Xavier. Thank you so much. Okay, CJ is saying, how often do you change the oil in a turbo motor? The label says it's fine for 5,000 miles, but I don't believe that. CJ, I don't blame you. On conventional oil, don't believe it. It doesn't give you the protection you need. But on a proper oil, and I talk about this a lot with a Pure you can do 5 to 6,000 miles without problems. So all oil is not created equally. Please, CJ, do not do that with conventional oils. You will end up not having the protection you need the manufacturer will be more than happy to send you a new motor or get you into a new car. So by all means don't do that, unless you have proper protection. I have it on sale on the BC Motor website, $14.99 a quart is so worth it. Please invest in that. It's much better to do it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Good, Xavier, good seeing you. You can now, thank you so much. Okay, so Dark White said, forgive me, I forgot what they're called, but could you shed some light on the vertical compression holes and pistons that pass through the compression rings? Great, I wish I had a piston here. I should grab one, but I'll be gone for a while and some of you may be sad. So, imagine a piston. So you have two types of gas ports. That's what you're calling it, gas ports. You have the vertical gas ports, which go on top and lateral. I'm a huge advocate of the lateral gas ports, and you know why? Because the lateral gas ports allow you to have good ring seal on top. It conforms better to the cylinder to give you more power, and it doesn't create significantly more induced friction that you would see with upper gas ports, and they don't plug easily. So. With the top gas ports, the ones that come right down, with the vertical gas ports, they can get plugged with carbon deposits. They put a lot of pressure on the ring. So I don't know if many of you know, but a lot of friction occurs in the ring package. A lot of power loss occurs in that. So whatever you can do to get good seal and reduce the amount of friction the cinder always results in better power. It's so crazy that even in my race motors, I don't run a second ring because I pick up power doing that. So because of the vertical gas ports, Oh, look at this, Andy, Andy, come say hi, come say hi. So guys, this is Andy, he's a very talented fabricator, he is right here, and he brought me a piston, which is so kind of him, so kind of him. So, that being said, on this piston top, the vertical gas ports exist here, so there are holes all the way around. But what those holes do, they push gases of compression into it, it also goes into the top ring, which pushes the top ring out and allows for a better seal. But you know what happens? It puts a lot more friction, it rubs power, and it also wears down the top ring easier. Lateral gas ports have porting on the sides, so you have a very nice strategically placed holes on the top ring. Gases go through the side of the piston, go into the lateral gas ports, and have a gentle improvement of ring seal without being able to get easily clogged and without putting a lot more pressure that can rub power. So that's what happens, and it's something that you should do. On Street-faring vehicles, when you want to put a lot of miles, it can really cause a lot of piston ring wear, so it wouldn't last hundreds of thousands of miles. But on a performance engine, road race, drag racing, rally, by all means, there's some benefits there, you know? Mr. 18125 asks, is the 935 behind me the one driven across country for Lyftical 2017? No. This came from the UK. Um, It's a good friend of mine, Rod. And he brought it here because it's a proper 935. But in the UK, it was converted to street duty, so it has these... Weird headlights and taillights that allow for MOT compliance for street fairing activity in the UK. But it's frankly quite ugly. And it has a very old Hashtag system from Europe, which is DOS based. So we're going to upgrade the to infinity upgrade the turbochargers, upgrade the wiring in it, have the opportunity to improve everything to make it an impeccable driver and to put it back to its original glory with the front end. We found the original mold for the 935 here in Southern California and we're going to recreate it and have a lot of fun next year. So no? you know? Yes, CJ says, can we get my sp- um, podcast on Spotify? Yes, you can. On Spotify, do a search for BC Moto, and you see the BC Moto Tech Tuesday, and you'll have the opportunity to do that, you know? Manu says, he's French. He loves many projects and cars. Thank you so much, and if that's what we do here, we love it too. So what you'll notice on my website is that I've really pulled away a lot from retail, but my project car passion will not decrease, but even increase. So you'll see a lot more exciting projects next year, where can get many of you involved as well, which is pretty exciting, you know? My pleasure, Randy. I'm here to help. Riri from Saudi Arabia, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hope things are well in your region. Thumb up to you as well, Riri. Thank you, Iken. I appreciate that. Thank you, Tom. You're very kind. Cheers as well. Hello, Linko. Hello, Jason. Racer saying, am I available to drag Racer Fontana on the November 18th? Huh, I wasn't even aware of that event, Racer and Tuners. Send me something, a link, if you can be most obliged to do that for me. It'll be after SEMA. I'll have time. I would love to take the inside out. I haven't raced in a while, and I miss racing so much. I've raced road racing with the center seat red Porsche, but drag racing is where I hone my teeth. I love it. Match aspirations is what it makes it exciting for me. I wouldn't mind right after SEMA to try and get that car ready and go out there and have some fun, you know? Tenon is asking, when am I coming to Germany? Probably sometime next year, first or second quarter. You'll be able to see me there, you know? Dip and Deep says, no company to rebuild the J Series rack and pinion on the Odyssey. I don't know uphand, so but I may have someone I can refer you to. So send me a quick DM, uh, Dip and Deep. I probably have two options that if they can do it, they can point you in the right direction. I'm up to you as well, Beamer Site. Do I have a recommendation, Arnie Sokal asked, for oil filters? Yes, I do. I love Canon filters, their technology is absolutely superb. I like the newer Fram stuff as well. But I'm a huge advocate of the KNN, and I like Factory. If you cannot find KenN, a higher-end Fram or Factory, Bosch is not a bad idea to use, by all means. You know, is asking, "What I drive to work today?" It was a 325 BMW convertible. What am I visiting for Phoenix? Would you like to meet you and show me a build? I'd then I would like to come first quarter next year, by all means. So Daryl and I have been talking quite a bit, and I haven't been there in a year plus. I need to come out. I definitely and past do a visit, you know. Do I think the E36 9299 3 Series could benefit from a wide body and more tire? With more power beamer, yes. In factory format, it will be a slower car. It will look cool, but when you add more drag, more weight, and more tire, it makes a car that's factory slower. If you put a lot more power that requires more meat, that is a better way to improve handling, safety, and enjoyment by going with bigger tire and a wide body system to be able to cover it and make it aesthetically appealing, so I hope that helps. Hello, Biglitzy. good seeing you. Things are great. Had a son. Haven't been on so much. Super de Oh, congratulations, sir! Having a son is fantastic. I have a son who's eight, nine months old, and it's great as well. So enjoy. Time flies. Before you know it, he's a teenager or in college. Hello, two one one SR performance. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I appreciate the kind words. Wow, I think Spain is in the house. Hello, Nahal, good seeing you. What's next car event I'm going to attend? I would say SEMA, that's what I plan. Or the upcoming, if AJ and I get together, maybe I'll go to an event on the 13th, or maybe next speed district, which is pretty nice out here in Fontana. But for sure, for sure, SEMA, which is nice. And after SEMA, I'll keep you guys posted. What is a CAT bypass, AJ Thompson78 is asking. That is where you have a pipe that eliminates the catalytic converter. So in California, that's against the law for street-faring vehicles and only allowed on off-road vehicles only. So it does a great job in removing the restrictions of the catalytic converter, which acts more as a device that inhibits horsepower by causing some exhaust restrictions. But when designed improperly, you can actually lose power because you can have a point where you have a significant amount of flow loss, or you can have a scenario where the ECU is not happy and then adds a lot of fuel and retards timing to compensate for what it sees as a fault, you know? So Beemer I just answered your question about the 3 Series. It can benefit from a wide body and more tire if you have the opportunity to increase the power. You know, Do you do custom builds and if so, how can someone contact you? Yes, I do. Write to us at sales at Right now we're packed onto the beginning of the year and next year we're gonna limit what we take in so the sooner you get in, the better. Packer R says, if I were to build a um, Mark III super and had a partnership with Toyota, what route would I go? Definitely 2J. Or if I'm crazy, because I love doing things where I have the classic looks of a car but infuse modern technology. The new super engine that's a combination between Toyota and BMW, I'll probably throw that in and go to town. That's actually what I'd like to do on a Mark III, which is pretty cool, you know. Hello, Mexican Arab, very interesting name. (laughs) C. Perez, thank you so much. C3 Garage, thank you so much as well. My pleasure, Dr. Wraith, you're very kind. Oh my god, it's an hour already, guys. Thank you so much for your participation. I had a great time today. You are absolutely fantastic. Um, One slope, I may have HDB access. Please write to me and send me a direct uh, message. I can help you out. Things are going well, Lorenzo. Miss you so much. Hope you and the family are doing well. Um, Erwin, I recommend a BC Motor Header, which is nice. I may have one more in stock, so hit me up and I'll give a good price on that. So guys, enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Please give me some feedback on how this session went. I will see you on YouTube. If you want to see my previous ones, go ahead and subscribe on the YouTube channel on Moto, And also the link is in my bio here on Instagram. But have a great day. Stay tuned. And see you guys soon. Cheers.